0: This episode of the Productivityist podcast is brought to you by MetPro, a world-renowned concierge, nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle coaching company. MetPro uses metabolic profiling, which allows them to analyze your metabolism and provide an individualized approach to obtaining your goals. I'm going to share with you my results with using MetPro for the past several weeks, among other things during this episode of the podcast as well. There's a special offer they have for you, so stick around. This episode of the Productivityist Podcast is also brought to you by Text Expander. You can give your productivity a boost with Text Expander. You can turn the things you type often into snippets and use them everywhere you type. I'm using it extensively. In fact, one of the things I'm doing with my operations assistant is using snippets to help streamline our work process when it comes to a whole bunch of different things. I'm going to share that story with you among others and a special offer that Text Expander has for listeners of the Productivity is Podcast. But for now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, I am joined by Chris McPeak. Chris is the author of Elevate Your 8 and the CEO of Silver Peak Development, an online career coaching community. And during the day, she also works at the foundation of a community college. She loves swimming, knitting, binge watching TV, who doesn't love that, and learning new things. You're going to learn a bunch of new things with uh, Chris as the guest. And maybe some things that you're just going to be reinforced with. And and, you know, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have that reinforcement every once in a while. I was really excited to have the chance to talk with Chris. And again, this episode's been in the can for a while. So keep that in mind. Uh, Just We're in the summer season right now. So there's a lot of things that we've batched. And this is one of those episodes. But Chris and I had a great time. I want to talk to her specifically about elevating her. What are the eight? That's the crux of what we get into in this episode. There's a whole bunch more there. So let's just get into it. Here's my conversation with Chris McPeak here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Chris McPeak to the Productivityist podcast. Chris, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So I want to talk about this book that I'm holding in my hands, Elevate Your Eight, 21 Days to Prosperous Time Management. And I love the idea of, uh, you know, kind of creating a path or a a almost like a, a ritual uh, that people can do on a... on a daily basis to get to where they want to go and, and kind of elevate themselves to where they, they are feeling like they have more control over their time. But what, but what is the eight (laughs) out of the gate? It's like, let's, let's dive into like, I want to get into this because uh, first off, you know, when you're looking at this, it's like, "I love the fact that it's your eight, so I want to clear that up, like why is it your eight, and then what are the eight and we'll kind of break that down and and as we go through, we'll kind of go through those eight things uh, without giving away the entire you know innards of the book in the process right How, how's that sound
1: perfect so okay, my theory and coming from a a place of really wanting people to embrace their work-life balance and, and take control over their own time, their own lives, their work life, their sleep life. So there's 24 usable hours in every day, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're only working eight hours a day and we're getting a full eight hours of sleep at night, what remains is eight hours. So when I say elevate your eight, that's where you're taking the time to prioritize and utilize those other eight hours to really ramp up your time management and your productivity so you're not wasting time as much as you're elevating those eight hours that you have for whatever it is that you want to get done. Whether it's you have to work your exercise in or you're going to work on your side hustle or you have a really long commute. So what audiobooks and podcasts am I going to listen to on my commute? So that's the idea, really. If we're honoring our work-life balance and we're taking the best possible care of ourselves that we can... The remaining eight hours out of twenty-four is what we want to elevate and really maximize.
0: So, what's one of the things that you could do? You know, I mean, obviously, getting enough sleep. We've heard a lot more about that. That culture of, uh, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead, which you touch on in this book. <laughs> you know, I think Ariana Huffington's done a good job, uh, primarily because she's such she's just a high profile figure of saying, "Hey, look, you, you need to get enough sleep." As opposed to, I was reading this article recently about uh hustle hustle porn, like the idea of like hustling until you know like only carving out like four or five hours of sleep that's not right. to say that some people who talk about hustle like Gary Vaynerchuk is like only sleep three or four hours. I know he's had that position or, or a variation of that position in the past, but his message is more about what you're talking about like like hey when you're what what it's not so much what you do when you're when you're uh, you know how much you sleep or whatever it's more about what you do when you when you're awake for those for for that time period and then you know the idea that Uh, if you're working, so this is great for people who are, um, you know, maybe they're building something on the side or maybe they don't even want to build something on the side. Maybe they have their day job and I've got a bunch of friends that are like, Hey, I'm happy with my day job, but it's the other eight hours. Let's talk about, let's talk about like for the people who are, Hey, you know what? I'm not building a business. I've got my day job that I'm more than happy with my regular job. I'm doing well with it. How can, what, what's one of the things that they can do right out of the gate that's going to help them with the remaining hours that they have in the day so that they don't feel like those eight hours are kind of, you know, either not at the level they need to be or worse going to waste.
1: Right. So I think the first thing that pops in my mind is that I I think people don't have a clear sense sometimes of exactly how long it takes them to do things. Mm. We either overestimate or we underestimate uh, according to, I think, what our our level of comfortability is with that particular item. So for example, um, I have a relatively short commute. And depending on traffic, I know specifically I can get to work between 18 and 27 minutes from from door to door. And that is the time that I use for my professional development, if you will, because that's where I listen to my audiobooks and my podcasts and things of that nature. But I think it's be really easy for someone to think like, oh, it takes me such a long time to get to work. But what they really mean is it takes them a really long time to get their stuff together in their house before they get in the car and go to work. So getting a grip on how long it takes you to do the stuff that you need to do during the framework of the day. Like, for example, another example, I swim most mornings. And I I have my shower routine down to, you know, a super quick shower. But I think if you were to ask most, and women, I'm I'm sorry to call out women, but um, I think we're a little more guilty of this than the fellas are. Um, If you were to ask the average woman how long it takes her to take a shower, she'd probably say like, Oh, yeah, I can finish in seven minutes. But realistically, they're probably in there more like 15. Um, And we don't think about those really sort of Innate things, you know. How long does it really take you to eat dinner? Um, Have you timed yourself sitting at the table eating your dinner? And and so those things, I think people can get a grip on and and sort of work that into their routine. I was actually just listening to one of your shows um, on morning routines, and you know, I find myself doing a fist pump in the air because I'm so. I think everybody needs one, either a morning routine or an evening routine or both. And, and that's a really good practice to use if you're gonna elevate your eight, so to speak, because then you can kind of get a sense of, these are the set things that I need to do every morning before I sit down at my day job. And these are the set things that I need to do when I return home from my from my day job. Um, and so getting A, getting a sense of how long it takes you to do these things, and then B, being honest and realistic about the priority of, of that stuff.
0: Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make, or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Okay, it's time to take a break from the podcast to talk about a sponsor for this episode, MetPro. Now, MetPro is a proven platform to help people transform their bodies. I am one of those people. Uh, I have been using MetPro for you know, several weeks now, I feel great, my energy levels are up, and I've gotten into the rhythm of the foundation of the system, you know, the meal prep, the planning, the fitness. It's become part of not just what I do, but who I am. I have become someone that is definitely more into having a, a healthier lifestyle both in terms of fitness and nutrition and 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 life and, and the great thing is is that Met has allowed me to cater it to my lifestyle and the way they've been able to do this is it, it's really backed by data and driven by strategy. And you know me, I'm I'm a productivity strategist. But what MetPro is able to do is is through their team of industry leading experts, they are challenging generalized health guidance by teaching people how to optimally manage their weight and achieve their associated goals. These experts. They'll guide you through personalized nutrition and fitness strategies and educate you about how your body responds to macro and micro adjustments to your fitness, nutrition, and daily routine. I'm big on routine. I'm big on all of that stuff. And to have an understanding of how that works is huge. And they do it in a way where, again, much like much like you know anything else that you want to learn, they are able to explain it to you in a way that makes sense and makes you want to dig in a little bit deeper. Kind of like I do, I believe I do with uh, productivity and time management. And see, that's the thing is that MedPro Pro isn't isn't really just about the whole nutrition and fitness aspect. It's really about productivity. Um, you know, it, it's it's not about the number of hours of the day when you're thinking about productivity either. It's about that qualitative stuff, right? And the same goes for health and wellness. You know, it, it's it's not just about what to eat or how to train. I mean, that stuff is important. But what MedPro is able to do is is through their work, they are focused on, you know, managing your time th- during this whole process, you know, understanding how you can work smarter by removing decision fatigue from the, the things that, might be getting in your way, which is normally you when it comes to, you know, eating properly and, and you know, exercising and things like that. And, and they really help you establish a game plan that's really catered to you and your lifestyle needs. So when I'm using Met Pro and I can tell you my experience, it's been great. You know, I have five meals per day and I've been able to plan up to four days, maybe even five days worth of meals at a time. Often I do three days worth of meals, but your plan will be different than my plan. Just like productivity is very subjective, right? The objective is to live better and and, and you know and feel better, but how you get there is going to be a little bit different, right? Your metabolism is constantly changing and, and it's adapting to your environment, so you need to have a starting off point to make that happen. We've talked about this with productivity. The same thing applies to fitness. And how MetPro does this is through a process called metabolic profiling. It, it allows MetPro to get a baseline to see exactly how your body's responding to against a very specific set of variables. So they had me do some baseline testing. They said, okay, this is what it looks like, Mike, and here's what we want you to do. And from there, uh, their experts, whoever you get, I've, I've got Megan, um, they're trained to take those results and then translate them into simple, simple, that's the key word, actionable, another great word, steps, what you should eat how you should train and what your strategy will be. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I'm a huge fan of MetPro. It's been something I've been using again for weeks and I've seen the results Uh, and it's not been that hard to do once you understand it. And once you, once you start to, you know, really get into it, it becomes part of what you do. Like I said, and again, there's no judgment either. We have busy lives. You know, we have things that we're doing that take, I, I travel, You know, it's the summertime, you're going to go to barbecues and things like that. There is understanding there. And I think that that's really key too, because a lot of programs, especially when you're working with someone there, there, there's that pressure there. The pressure is not there with MetPro. The, the, they understand the, the way that life works. Um, and the great thing is you've got this foundation. So I've fallen off the wagon a couple of times, sure. But then I've been able to get right back because I have the foundational piece right there. And Megan's been there with me every step of the way to help me out. So as a Productivity's podcast listener, you will receive a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert. All you need to do is go to metpro.co slash timecrafting to claim that offer. And I highly encourage you to do so. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. Do it now. Summer, spring, winter, fall, there's no time like the present to get your nutrition and your fitness and your lifestyle in check so that it works for you and that everything is moving along in the way that you want it to go. Again, uh, I'm a big fan of MetPro, and I know if you give it a try, you will be too. I'd like to thank MetPro for sponsoring this episode of the Productivity Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. So, and you you mentioned Laura Vanderkam in the book as well, who's been on the show, and she talks about you know the amount of time and measuring how how much time have you met? Like, I'm not a huge, I'm not, I I don't like to do a ton of quantified stuff, right? Like the whole quantified life and all that stuff. I, I understand the value of it. And I think there's things that you should measure. Where do you draw? Do you draw a line into like, hey, how? What am I willing to measure in terms of time increments, and what I'm not? And I mean, like I said, for me, I'm I I know that. And this is based on my own like ideas of theming time and such like that. Where I'm like, okay, during this eight hour period, let's say, uh, and today would be a good example. Uh, you know, it's my audio day, so my focus for those eight hours, and this is during work time. Let's be clear, uh, my focus is audio work, so I can I can kind of batch or chunk all that time to say, hey, here's what my focus is. So you know, when you and I get off this call, I'm not going to go. What do I do next? It's that. It's it's like building this routine so that. I, I can track, uh, you know, did I do enough audio work on this day? Not did how much audio work did I do, but did I stay? Did I hold true to the theme of the day? And that's kind of what I do when I journal. How how deep do you get into like the okay? I spent like kind of like what Laura did or what you know, and and Laura's not the only one. James Clear has talked about like uh-huh. and Cal Newport. How deep do you get there, or do you kind of do you, do you have a little bit of wiggle room or fluidity with that?
1: Yeah. Well. Okay. So th- the whole premise of of this book actually came from a a student activity that I learned way way back in the day when I was um, working for a small liberal arts school in St. Louis. And the the dedication of this book actually is to the two women who introduced me to this activity. But I've used it I've used it um, years over, and it's very. I suppose it's close to Laura Vanderkam's. Concept of the one hundred and sixty-eight hour work week. So this activity came from taking these clocks, um, and they were they were siphoned down into in blocks of time. So you would have a clock that says ten o'clock, a five o'clock, a two o'clock, and a one o'clock, and those would be representative of blocks of time. So. 10 hours, 5 hours, 2 hours, and 1 hour. And Mm -hmm. and I don't remember exactly how many of each that you get to equal 168. But the idea behind that activity is write down all of the stuff that you do within the framework of a day um, and include the weekends in that mix too. And now you're going to siphon out and you're going to budget your time um, to the amount of time you attribute to these things. And in doing that activity, you're going to learn one of two things. You're either going to figure out that you're way, way overextended and you need to cut back on some of your activities, or you're going to figure out that you have a whole lot more time than you realized and you're just not paying attention to the things that you're doing. And it's so easy to blame social media and you know our phones, all the little gadgets we can do on our phones and our games and things like that, and getting sucked into television. And I'm just as guilty of that as the next person. But if I'm being honest with myself, I'm saying like, I'm going to watch one episode of my show today, and then I'm going to put it away and go do the next thing. So to answer your original question, um, I try not to get sucked too much into thinking of what it like how long it takes to do an activity other than chunking it into a concept. So I'm not going to say it takes me seven minutes to take a shower after I swim. But what I am going to say is from the time I leave the house to go to the pool to the time that I arrive at my job um, is about two hours. And that includes my travel time. That includes my workout time. That includes my shower and getting dressed and getting in the car and and maybe buying a Diet Coke or going to Starbucks. Um, so I don't get... I'm not like writing down every penny every second but I have I have chunks of of a concept and that's where that morning routine and evening routine comes in to play. So so that's kind of how I I look at it.
0: Right and and I guess that allows you to be more human about the whole process as well. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz I think I think one of the things and and you mentioned this kind of right out of the gate and I, I love the idea of like a time budget I think is important mm-hmm. because I think I think but I think the way in my mind that you need to do it is like, what are the most important activities? Once you frame it, right. Once you, once you do that, like, here's where I spend my money or my time in this case, where, okay, where can I save? Where should this money? Like, so for example, uh, uh, you know, TV time, like you're talking about, yeah. and this is this is what drives me nuts about people. And, and we'll talk about the weekends in a minute. Cause I think that that's a, that's a really important distinction as well. Sure. Um, you know, uh, there, is very, there are very few television shows or programs on television that I will watch live. Sports are pretty much the only one that I will. Primarily because uh, I know that the propensity for me to be spoiled is is greater plus there's something about uh and i don't know if you're a sports fan or not but there's other than i mean swimming would be a good i mean that's a sport clearly but uh you know if you were watching the olympics live and the swimming was going on you would much rather watch that live in the moment because it's actually happening in the moment and so there's there's i think there's a heightened sense of of excitement around that, or or even Absolutely. intrigue or attention or whatever you want to call it, um, but you know if I'm going to watch a, an episode of, of you know the Flash, right, or something like that, or Green Arrow. Uh, I'm our arrow. I'm not gonna. If if I don't see it that night, the only thing I need to do is control my behavior so that I don't go look at spoilers. If I don't want to know what happened that night, uh, sure. I can watch it any given time. And we live in this wonderful era. And I try to explain this to my kids all the time. Where they're like, I, they're like, oh, I can't. I have to finish watching the show. I'm like, it hit the record button. Like literally, just press that red button on the PVR and it will record it. And then right. you can watch it anytime you want, or better, It'll still be there
1: later. <laughs> yeah,
0: or better still, they already have recorded it. And they're watching it, or Netflix, or something like that. They're like, "Oh no, I got to finish this." I'm like, "No, you don't. It's there for you." I go try, and then uh, then you get to play old old person. (laughs) You can say, "Back (laughs) in my day, you had to like they had VCR plus numbers, which didn't work half the time, so you're Uh rolling the dice then, or you had to like wait and hit record at the exact time or whatever." Now you just it's on demand whenever you want. So I think that I think that there's a distinction with like understanding what needs to be done in the moment versus what you can put off or better allocate to different times of the day. And I'm, I'm, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? And, and what are some examples that you maybe that are, that I haven't mentioned, but they're rather either conventional or unconventional that people can do to elevate those eight hours of the day that they have left?
1: I think it's about prioritization and, and figuring out where your priorities are. And so we talk about that a little bit in the book, this concept of what is a must-do and what is a, you know, maybe I can put this off till later. So, and another example I like to use, where is this concept of time is money. Um, so when you get your paycheck, you don't take your paycheck and go to the track or, Go to an old navy spending frenzy before you pay your rent. Like you pay your rent or you pay your mortgage first, and and you take care of the essentials, and then you know you you handle your fun money after that. So that's what I'm thinking in terms of time. Um, Like if you want to scroll through Facebook or you want to do your Instagram or you want to watch two hours of House of Cards, that's great. Just put that in context with the priorities of your day and what you absolutely have to get done. So if there's zero food in the refrigerator and you know this driving home from work, like that's probably something that you need to do immediately as opposed to going home, watching an hour of television and saying, oh, what am I going to eat for dinner? I guess we better go out and do some grocery shopping.
0: Right. Right. Well, and the other thing too, is I think what happens also, and this gets to the weekend point is people don't think about the weekends at all. When it comes to this stuff, they they think of the weekends as a break from the rest of the stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. they think like, you know, one of the things that I live on, um, you know, I live on Vancouver Island, which is like the, you know, the West coast of Canada, um, Island time definitely takes place here, although not as much as maybe the Gulf Islands or some of the more uh, you know tropical islands. But there is a sense of like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. I grew right. up near Toronto, where it's it, you know very much a live to work mentality. You work mm-hmm. five, you know, work the forty hours a week or right. more, and then Friday night you get off work at five or six or whatever. You pack the car up, you go to the cottage for the weekend. You get to the cottage, this, and this drove me nuts as a kid. Go to The cottage, <laughs> get the cottage ready because you haven't been there in a whole week, so you have to do all the things, and then Saturday morning you can enjoy it, and then Sunday you get about half the day, maybe a third of it, and then you have to pack up. Oh, and by the way, if you've got a cottage, you maybe have to mow the lawn and all that stuff, so some of that has to happen on Saturday, and then you head back to you know the rat race, and you know the cycle continues. Um, whereas where I live, generally, and I'm being very general here, it's more of a uh, you know a a work to live mentality, right? So yes. I say, hey, I'm gonna, you know, one of the stories I've told is, when I worked for Costco, I remember I was having a lot of people and in the Pacific Northwest, uh, it, it, you know, at the time of year we're recording this, and even at the time of year this is coming out, it basically is gray. Like, the, the, you know, there's no such. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right. For free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Thing is it, we say in the Pacific Northwest, at least this is the adage that I hear. It's we have spring, warm spring, autumn and colder autumn and that's about it it doesn't really <laughs> snow up here much to mo- so but it gets gray and so in the, let's say in in you know january uh, there's a sunny day out and it's warm we would have people that would call in sick using their sick time so they're not you know they're not doing any against anything you know that they should they couldn't do they have the, that time but they would be honest about it. they'd be like well you know you're not coming in today oh, well it's a really nice day out like, are you serious? Like, yeah, yeah. And I would go to the, <laughs> go to the my, my one of my managers, and I said, you know, I'm having a real issue. Like, I've had three people call in because it's a nice day out. What am I supposed to do? And they look at like, well, it is a nice day. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> so it's like that old, you can't beat them, join them mentality. But what what I think people don't do is they don't take in that that weekend into account when they're when they're framing all of this this you know this this time budget or this allocation of time. Okay, we're going to take a break from the podcast to talk about a sponsor of the show and that sponsor is Text Expander, one of my favorite productivity tools and you can really give your productivity a boost with Text Expander. Your time is really valuable and it's it's just too valuable and life's too short to constantly retype what could be just a snippet. Uh, you know, it's I'll, I'll give you a personal story. I promise that off the top of the show. So I'm working with uh, my team members, and uh, we're seeing things that we have to type regularly. And there's more of these things that come up again and again. Hey, I want you to add a link to our show, to to the blog. Hey, uh, you know, I, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. Hey, would you do you accept guest posts? Uh, and that's just through email responses, and we've created a series of snippets that are that are locked into this very. Uh, they, they're in this very specific group. We can move them out of that group if we want, but they're in a very specific group. And all all they have to type in is the the code. It's like four or five keys, often ending with a yep or a nope, and that tells them what they need to do. Uh, and it's simple. And and because I'm using members of my team to do this, I can still speak kind of through my voice. When I'm sending the when when they are sending these emails off rather than me doing it so we're seeing a lot of the stuff that we're repeating uh, repeatedly typing my skype handle email addresses, my home address in fact the other day uh, it was suggested hey why don't you create one for your work address and all it required me to do was duplicate the existing uh, snippet for my home address and then just change it to work and make a couple tweaks and we're said and done there's drop-down menus so you could have multiple things. So what happens with my snippet, for example, for people who want to be on the podcast is we say, hey, we'd love to have you on the show. Here's the link to book a, a time to speak with Mike. But just so you know, we won't be able to air your show until, and then, you know, my team member selects spring 2020, you know, summer 2020, fall 2020, or winter 2020. Yes, we're that far ahead. So text expanders really allowed us to streamline that process and you know, use our time wisely. There's stats and everything in there. Companies like ours use expander for Teams for customer support, exactly what I'm talking about here. Reports, email, boom, and anywhere else they need consistent and accurate text. And remember, with my team, some of them are using Mac OS, but some are using Windows. I use my iPad Pro for a lot of stuff, so I'm using it on my iPad Pro, and it's available on the iPhone and Chrome as well. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get 20% off your first year of using Text Expander. I want you to reap the benefits of this fantastic tool. So all you need to do is visit textexpander.com slash podcast, and you will not only learn more about Text Expander, but you'll get that 20% off your first year of using Text Expander. To me, it's a no brainer. I love using Text Expander. It's been a critical part of my productivity path for years. And I highly encourage you to check out what Text Expander has to offer. You will enjoy it. It will save you time and it will save you uh, just so much more uh, energy, attention, all that stuff. I love Text Expander. I know you will too. I'd like to thank Text Expander for sponsoring this episode of the Productivities Podcast. Don't forget, TextExpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year of Text Expander. Now let's get back to the show. What do you help people with in terms of the weekend to make them understand that, look, it's still part of this greater concept known as the week? And this is where you have more control than, than ever.
1: Yeah. So I have, I have a little tool that I made a long time ago and it's really kind of a a dorky, simple tool, but it worked so well for me. And I called it my little weekend quadrant planner and I I talk about it in the book and it's, it's on the website where you can go and download all the, the tools from the book, but it's just basically a piece of paper folded in quarters and I would have different different subjects over there. And when I invented this little gadget that I use, I was a huge moviegoer. I would see two and three movies in a weekend and that was part of who I was at the time. That was my my social life and my, my personal time. So I would know going into the weekend, like I'm gonna spend probably... 10 hours between two days at the movie theater and I'd pencil that in. This is where I'm going to spend my time on the weekends. Um, But then there'd be chores and there would be errands. So what needs to be done in the house? Like, do we need to do laundry? Um, Do we need to take stuff to the dry cleaner? And then errands, do we need to buy toiletries or do we need to gas up the cars or go grocery shopping? Or is there a big sale happening at you know, swim outlet and we're going to go buy swimming equipment. So those types of things, I think taking into consideration what you couldn't get done in those five days of eight hours, now you've got 16 and 16, 32 more hours on the weekend to kind of to take care of that stuff. And if you've only been able to spend an hour a day with your kids, if you have kids, then the weekend would be the time that you plan that longer event to hang out with your family and do stuff like that. Um, and it, it was somebody else that wrote about the four-way win. And I I love that that those types of things can can pull into the Pull into the mix. So, for example, my husband and I run a nonprofit swim team, and we probably compete at least once a month, sometimes twice a month. But the people that swim for us, they have become our friends. So, in that mix, I'm getting my my exercise because I'm swimming. Um, I'm running my side hustle, so I'm I'm doing work. Um, I'm socializing with the people that are on my team. So I'm getting, you know, adult time with other grownups that I like. Um, so those are three things that I'm knocking out in the weekend doing one activity. Um, and then, you know, I can say for that Sunday that we've been at that swim meet, I've had a full day and I got a whole bunch of stuff done that I wanted to do. So it feels more productive when you can sort of do some of that overlapping. Um, you know, spend time with your family going to a work picnic that's being put on by... By your office at a zoo or at a big park or something like that. That way, you're connecting with your work colleagues outside of the office, and you're also taking your kids someplace fun.
0: This actually brings me to a, a good question that we'll, we're getting close to wrapping up here. But I think sure. this this is really um, I think this is something that that not enough people do. Um, you know, you t- you just recounted uh, you know this this concept of you know kind of pairing off or linking off certain a- activities or ways that you can use your time that allow you to kind of kill more than one bird with with a stone, right? Exactly. Um, journaling. How big are you into that? Because I mean, if you're talking about quantified stuff, which is like, hey, how here's where my time goes. How big are you in, in terms of journaling and reflection? And where does, like, what does a typical, if you do journal, what does a typical kind of journal entry look like? Is it, is a nice mix of, hey, here's what I, here's, here's the quality of what I did as well as how long I did it, or is it more focused on the qualitative? Can you, can you uh, expand on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. I like to journal twice a day. I like to write in the morning as part of my morning routine after I've done a meditation. So I might write about, especially if I had a dream that I'm trying to, Figure out because I truly do believe that our dreams come from unresolved issues in our life. So if I've had a dream that I want to break down, I'll meditate, I'll write about the dream in my journal, or I might write about something I'm excited to do that day, or I might just, you know reflect on something that I thought about while I was meditating. So that's my morning writing. And then I like to do a gratitude and appreciation list before I go to bed. And that usually takes into consideration like, what were the cool things that happened to me today? And who are the people in my life that were part of that? So I often find myself... You know, writing appreciation for my husband, for something that he did, or for someone cool from the swim team, something that they did, or an experience I had at the office, or a student that I helped, or things of that nature. So it comes into play because it definitely allows me to reflect on the activities of the day in a way that makes me feel like my time is well spent and that I've enjoyed all of the activities that I participated in and if I haven't to commiserate a little bit about that and get it on the paper and get it out of my head and then shut the book and turn off the lights and go to bed and that's my day
0: so Chris as we wrap up here I want to I want to circle back to uh, you know the idea of elevating your aid and it sounds for some people they're gonna look at this and go okay elevate sounds like a Big jump because elevate to some people is gonna be like, oh, just a little step, but elevate some people sounds like a massive leap. So for those for, for those who are feeling either way, what's what's the one thing that they could do today, like right when they're done listening to this episode, that will help them start to elevate their eight?
1: I would say get a firm grasp on how long it takes you to do some of those littler things within your day that you can't not do. So getting ready for work, your shower, your breakfast, uh, your commute. If that is something that you do, you commute to work. Because um, I think once you get a grip on some of those things that we tend to over or underestimate, it's going to be so much easier to prioritize the other things like hanging out with your kids or going on a date night with your partner um, or you know, going to a movie after work or happy hour with your colleagues.
0: Chris, this has been great. Thanks so much for taking the time today. The book is called Elevate Your 8 21 Days to Prosperous Time Management, but you've got a, a few others out there as well. Can you tell people where they can find uh, all of your work and where they can keep up with what you've got going on?
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm I'm on Amazon with both of my publications. That's Elevate Your 8 and also Making Work Work for You, and you can just, you know, put in my name on Amazon and you'll find my books there. Um I have some smaller publications as well that are Kindle books um, and they range from um, job interview skills to writing a good cover letter and and those are all like Kindle singles that you can find. Um, I just started my podcast recently and it is also called Elevate Your 8. So you can find that on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and my webpage is silverpeakdevelopment.com.
0: Chris, thanks for joining me today on the Productivityist podcast.
1: Mike, thank you for having me. This has been a blast.
0: And there you have it. That's how the interview went down. That's how our conversation went down. Thanks so much to Chris McPeak for joining me on the show today. Everything we discussed is in the show notes, so you can check that. Out. Again, if you want to really get things dialed in when it comes to the podcast, you can go to productivityistcom slash podcast 253. Three. That's going to be the URL. In fact, for all the podcasts, it's just productivity.com slash podcast. And then the number of the podcast gives you the show notes, all the goodies that you're going to need, including what you want to get in terms of the offers that our sponsors offer. So for example, MetPro is one of our sponsors for this episode. If you want to get that complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and the 30-minute consultation with a MetPro expert, just go to metpro.co slash timecrafting. You can make that happen. Again, you can just click on that link in the show notes. Also, Text Expander sponsored this. episode. So I'm really wanting to thank them for being part of this. You can go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about text expander. And listeners of the productivity podcast, again, get 20% off their first year. So textexpander.com slash podcast. Thanks to text expander, an indispensable part of my productivity workflow for sponsoring this episode of the productivity podcast. Thanks to john polster for producing this episode. Thanks to Connie for putting the show notes together. Thanks to Dave for doing some stuff as well. Thanks to you for listening. And until next time, I am your host of the Productivities Podcast, Mike Vardy, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. I'll see you later.